With the dreaded R word rearing its ugly head again, recession, in this episode, we thought we'd talk about marketing in a downturn, but also answer the question, should you spend marketing dollars when things are looking up? Plus, experts predict that TV will be dead in five years. We talk about that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, episode 120. My name is Tony Cow, and I'm joined by Moby Sadiq. How are you today, Moby? Good, Tony. Good, Tony. There's a lot of news today, like a lot of and Google and YouTube, something's happening in the water. They're yeah. a bit, uh, things are on overdrive right now. I think they're investing in the recession. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. I right, kick it off. What do we got for our news buzz today? So our first uh, story, TV will be dead in five to 10 years. So this is interesting, Moby, because like I don't even have an antenna anymore Like for the past decade. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. I haven't watched TV for a very long time. I, even ha- I haven't even had a DVD player for the last <laughs> probably 10, 15 years, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, so, but the thing came out by Netflix boss, Reed Hastings, and he said that traditional TV will be dead in five to 10 years. And they cited Nelson data to prove that point. So, their share of viewing. So, Netflix actually, if you, if you compare Netflix with CNBC or NBC and all these all these big 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 media outlets and you know the big ones are American. Netflix is actually number one, yeah, right. like out of all of them. So in one year they went from six point six to seven point seven percent of US TV viewership, and the data also show, shows that Netflix dwarfs its next competitor. So its next competitor is CBS, and Netflix had one point three trillion hours of viewership compared to only 700, 753 billion hours from CBS. So, um, when we talk about why, right? The idea, the fact that Netflix is a lot more consumer-centric. It's a, the customer experience is a lot better. Like it, it, It's pretty obvious. Yeah. It's so much easier, isn't it? Just press the button, Netflix is there. I love the theme, music, da-doom. <laughs> yeah, 100%. The branding is there. And yeah, sure, people are eroding its market share. But the point is they created the category. So Disney and all these other ones, KO and all these other, you know, they, they created the category and they've created the competitors as well. Mm. So now the thing is, at the same time, people thought that radio was going to die when TV came out and the benefit that radio has, that TV has, it's still free. Mm. But the quality of content, it's all shifted already. It's all That's shifted. So, true. so five to 10 years, maybe, you know, who knows? You know, radio is still kind of kicking along as well. Radio is doing really, really well. But I mean, if you need any more proof, Network 10, Channel 10 in Australia, had a show, a uh, new breakfast show called you know, 10 News First Breakfast that pulled in Tony a, stra- a staggering 44 viewers. Wow. So this show, Inbound Buzz, is more popular than the Channel 10 breakfast TV show. So we're popular than Channel 100%. 100%. <laughs> so if anyone out there, if you're listening and you've got more than 44 viewers on your TikToks or YouTube, you're more popular than an Australian network breakfast show. <laughs> That's you know what I mean? Like, it, it blows my mind. Like if you needed any more proof. All right, but let's move on. What's the next one? Uh, number two, top performing sales teams have stronger relationships with their marketing department. What's this about? So LinkedIn released their 2022 sale, state of sales report. Yep. And one of the most significant findings was that top performing sales teams 
are ones that have strong relationships with their marketing departments. Now, for someone like us at Red Pandas, we do sales enablement. We talk about marketing, sales and marketing together. Mm. Common sense. Like just this is kind of like obvious to us. Mm. But the fact that this is like making headlines in their report is is very telling. So, by the way, if you want to check out this report, uh, we'll have a link to it in our show notes, redpandas.com.au forward slash EP120. And the reason why that link is very interesting is you can actually localize it. So if you go to that report, you can localize the data for America, US, Canada, all the major regions in the world. Um, but they talk about more stuff too. So there's things there like top sales performers spend more time in their CRM and to understand the decision-making process and the complexities of the sale than people who don't. And 87% of sales teams of more sizable companies use technology like CRM on a weekly basis. Interesting. So is that like, um, for my you know, knowledge, is that like general housekeeping on the CRM system maybe? Is that what it means? Yeah, like they're saying, they're saying just using the system. Okay. Using the system, putting in your deals, putting in when you spoke to someone, they might have mentioned a, a pain point that you record and the, the high-performing sales reps are ones that are actually using the technology and in the software at least once a week. Mm, interesting. So it's it, it kind of obvious like when you're in the space, but for those people who are dealing with salespeople who are kind of pushing that and like, no, I'm going to use my old school Michael mm. Scott Rolodex, right? Yeah. <laughs> for those people, it's, it's evidence that, no, this is what top performers do. So do what you want to do, but if you're a top performer, you're not yeah. doing the old ways. You also mentioned a stat, something about buyers. Yeah, so also that, Buyers actually want to be challenged. This was a really interesting one. 89%, right? Almost 90% of buyers say they're more likely to consider a brand if the brand challenges their way of thinking, mm. right? If a brand actually says, hey, look, you know what? You've come to us with this problem, but actually what you need is something like this. Okay. Interesting. So, um, our third story is Google makes it easy to create video ads. So there's a new Google Ads feature to include video ad creations um, tool and a central location for creative assets. So this is interesting because it's allowing for businesses to create videos, um, you know, a lot more easier, more simpler. Obviously, you know, the platforms are trying to encourage more people to use video ads. Obviously, they work; they get more attention. Um, you know, there's like uh, in the uh, platform. Businesses can create video ads. They can choose 14 different templates. Um, Google states, designed to help your ads stand out and draw results, spend more time developing your messaging, you know, audience insight and campaign strategy. You know, a lot of businesses find it hard to make videos. So, you know, YouTube's making it easier. But I think it's interesting because they're also allowing for a voiceover feature. And it's weird because people are thinking, oh, why a voiceover? You know, you see like TikTok, they use that voiceover. Well, you know, for the past 12 months, we've been testing like, you know, voiceovers on YouTube and it works. It's just different, like this voice robotic, um, robotic voiceover since to working, you know, a lot of pattern interrupts. But the point is they seem to be following TikTok, Moby. I, I almost don't want to say this because I sound like a broken record. Yeah. I've been saying this for two years, right? TikTok is changing the game. Like it's changing the way other networks perform. When you open up Instagram next time, update it. It looks like TikTok now. YouTube shorts, it looks like TikTok now. YouTube is literally saying, YouTube is saying that, oh, look, voiceovers, vo those robotic, did you know that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of cheesy thing, it actually works. So, you know, YouTube didn't say where they got it from. They didn't, they, they, they're not going to do that. 
but they're actually adding that into their platform. So yeah. it tells us a couple of things. One, that most advertisers, and we know this, most advertisers on YouTube don't do good YouTube ads. Most of them aren't very good, right? So YouTube is helping. So they've got, like you said, 14 templates to choose from, break it down. It's almost like a Canva template. They're breaking it down. Mm. And also, TikTok is changing our consumption patterns and behavior everywhere. That's why YouTube is now saying, hey, voice over ads work quite well and we're going to give you this tool. Mm. Interesting. I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I should just call this the like I just the TikTok show, really. <laughs> right? It's and it's the thing is this is the thing. Whether you because you might say your audience will never be on TikTok, and maybe there are cases, right? Not everything works for everyone. Sure, fine. Let, let me believe that. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because your audience is on YouTube. Mm. They're on LinkedIn. They're they're somewhere, right? And TikTok isn't just TikTok. It's changing how we consume behavior. So that's the point I want to make. Interesting point. Our last uh, story, YouTube announced Shopify integration. So this is interesting for the Shopify community, um, you know, where Shopify is integrating a YouTube uh, plugin. So you can connect your store and YouTube together. You can do your product listing on YouTube and show your products from your Shopify. That's like... That's groundbreaking, honestly. So think about the macro trend that's happened the last 10 months. Or maybe think about the macro trend that's happened in the last six months, rather. You've got last show, we mentioned uh, LinkedIn adding shoppable products. Instagram's been doing it for donkey's years. YouTube, and like we said in the start, we, there's actually so much YouTube and Google news. We've actually kind of cut it down. We have some stuff for you guys next week. But now YouTube is, like you say, connecting Shopify together because not, because they don't want you to click and go away. They want you to buy from within YouTube. So if you have Shopify and YouTube, next thing you do tomorrow, see if you have this release in your country, connect those two together because YouTube's going to allow people to buy, you know, buy this cup and mm -hmm. buy it from within YouTube, transact, use their credit card, done, deal. They've even, I think we mentioned this many shows ago, they even like some places, some restaurants in Google Maps, there's a burger joint here that's near us. You can actually order from yeah. Google. Yeah, Google Shop. I say yeah. Google YouTube interchangeably because everyone, you know, yeah. if you don't know, Google owns YouTube. So you can actually order through Google. You don't have to go to Uber Eats. So Google is also eating Uber's lunch as well. <laughs> They're eating. They're eating their lunch. You like that one? Oh, you, yeah. You obviously got that. So yeah, that's the thing. So the trend of, of shoppable, consumable, and it's not just people. You might be thinking a lot of our fans, probably most of, or a lot of them, I'd say a majority, are B2B lead generation like we are. Mm. It doesn't matter. Like LinkedIn itself is releasing those products. So, yeah. But yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. And that wraps it up for our news buzz. Moving on to our next uh, seg segment, featured buzz, investing in marketing when times are good and times are bad. And this is interesting because I see this discussion happening right now in the community, digital marketing community, marketing, you know, all sorts of communities, you know, with business owners. So... Um, you see this. Now, I'm not that old but i've been long i've been around long enough to see business cycles right and initially we were going to talk about this buzz was just going to be around what to do uh with marketing when times are, are bad right if there's a recession or times are tough what do you do with your marketing dollars but then i realized that when you look at the last two years we operate in a very mixed speed economy now right so for example when COVID hit we had our biggest growth if COVID wasn't around Red Pandas wouldn't be as, and I feel really guilty saying this, but it's true. Red Pandas wouldn't be as successful as it is now if COVID wasn't around because it made marketing a pain point. And 
selling a painkiller is a lot easier than selling a vitamin always, mm. right? So marketing became a pain point. Oh shit, we got to get onto marketing. We got to have CRM. We got to get onto automation. We've got to advertise because, you know, radio ads, TV ads aren't working anymore. So we actually did really well. Now, the same thing's going to happen now, right? So some businesses aren't going to do so well. Some aren't. And I want to talk about both, right? Mm. But whether or not you pull back on marketing when times are good or you pull back when times are tough, a lot of it I've noticed stems out of a mentality. If businesses see marketing as a profit center versus a cost center. And marketers too. The mar- mm. I speak to hundreds of marketers every year. The marketers who aren't happy, they're the ones that their organizations treat marketing as a cost center, as an expense. Yeah. You know, they don't see it as a lead generation or demand generation or a branding exercise. It's just a sort of like, I spent a dollar, let me get $2. Now, yeah. that's true. That's okay in certain cases, but it's a lot. Marketing's more than that. It's experience management. It's a, it's a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So now, oftentimes when downturn does happen, businesses cut back. And yes, you should cut back on certain things and you should definitely look at improving efficiencies. That's key. But in terms of actually cutting down marketing dollars, if you look at, and studies have been done going back 100 years, when there is a downturn, it's better to maintain, if not increase your spend for a greater share of voice and to come out of a recession a lot stronger than your competitors. And I'll I'll reference some stats here. It's not just me saying this. I'll reference some stats. But one of my favorite case studies and and examples is in the 1920s when the Great Depression happened and you had Post and Kellogg's. Now, Post at the time was the category leader for cereals. They owned cereal, right? And what happened during the recession was that uh, Kellogg's doubled their marketing expenditure and they grew 30% faster uh, or 30% higher Mm. And they came out of the recession stronger. Now, who won? Well, when's the last time you had Post for cereal? Honestly, post for breakfast. Honestly, I've never heard of them, maybe. I didn't either until I read this case study. Post doesn't exist anymore. They died. They, they wiped out. So, Kellogg's had used that time to get a share of voice, a share of exposure, growth, and market share when its leading competitor took the foot off the gas. And this not this happened in the 90s. History just repeats itself, guys. You just have to look at history. This happened in the 90s. So Taco Bell and Pizza Hut did this to McDonald's and eroded their market share. And Amazon did this in 2008, 2009 when other brands, big retailers, took their foot off the gas. That's when they got their exposure, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know if you have any comments or thoughts about that yourself. Um, it's funny you made um, an interesting point. So you made about uh, marketing because it's not just like the advertising um, department, is it? We're talking about marketing overall. And that's what you mentioned earlier. It's a it's whole marketing, marketing. I mean, to be fair, like this is a marketing podcast, right? I'm going to talk yeah. about marketing. But to be fair, it's other areas as well. It's businesses. And we see this today, like businesses that restructured during COVID right now are very strong. So for example, some of our clients, are, we have a lot of education-based clients. And the ones that move to online learning platforms, Man, online learning has been around for a long time, like over a decade, right? Maybe 20 years. But the ones that, you know, like people, they didn't have that force. They didn't have that push. Mm. But the last two years, some brands really, really invested in that and doubled down on that. But to that point, it's not just marketing. So in 2008, IPA Bellwether released a report and they said that brands that maintain or increase their expenditure uh, during a recession in three key areas do best. Mm. And the first area was marketing and communication. The second area was research and development. And the third area was product development. So, you know, R&D, sure. I mean, that's probably for more, you know, bigger brands. But product development, 
that's what I mean. Like, for example, those education clients, like, you know, even Red Pandas, we've shifted our services in terms of what we're doing. Mm. Uh, you know, if you look at the retail industry and the hospitality industry, dark kitchens, you know, since COVID's been around, dark kitchens has exploded. People just having kitchens that there's no shop front, but there's a kitchen in the back and all their business is coming through Uber Eats. Interesting. Um, you were talking about like uh, your marketing in the downturn, you know, like a recession. What about, is that different to like um, investing in the market where it's you know, the good times? Or? Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because we, we spoke about this earlier. Because I, I, I see what's happening now. Obviously, it's a very different time. We've got Putin doing his thing. We've got US inflation. So it is actually different to 2020. We have a lot of different macro forces that we didn't have before global macro forces and you know the world's world economies are linked they're quite intertwined mm. but having said that there are businesses that are going to do really well during this time all right um now it all kind of comes back to what i said before the mentality around whether you see marketing as a profit center or a cost center because if you see it as a cost center some brands will be like oh you know what and we've are we you know or a former client i won't say who they were but we have we had a client who things are actually doing really well for them right now and they're like, oh, you know, we kind of don't really need it, yeah. right? But people have short memories. There's a thing known, and I learned this from a recent article that Marcus Sheridan did, did actually, and I'll link it in the show notes. And he speaks about the pride cycle. And what the pride cycle is, is when times are tough, we work hard, right? Necessity breeds innovation, right? Mm-hmm. We work hard. You dig yourself out of the trenches. You try to book calls. You try to get sales and that type of thing. And through that hard work, things get easier, Things get easier, you get more sales, and then we become fat and happy, right? You get a little bit lazy. And this happened in some organizations where the sales team has always been given, I've seen this, always been given leads. Yeah, right. But then like they have to like go out and get leads or, you know, they have to change how they do stuff. And then they're kind of not happy, right? Because they've been fat cats, right? Sure. So then before you know it, this cycle, this pride cycle You've lost your momentum and now you're in the pits again. You kind of, ha- kind of have to repeat yourself. And, and it's, when you think about it, it's kind of like the seasons. It's like nature, mm. right? We know, we, ha- you, we know we've got summer, autumn, spring, winter. You know, we know that winter comes after summer, after summer mm. right? We know that cycle repeats itself again and again. And I butchered that, that order and no one kill me for it. But the idea is we know it comes around. Yeah. So what I sort of say is like, if you can't spend when times are good, right? You can't do the thing that you want to do. You can't do the things that you want or need to do when times are bad. If you can't spend when times are good, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow when times are bad. Mm, You know what I mean? When your expenses are skyrocketing, when inflation is going through the roof, when you don't have money and income coming into the business, what, you think you're going to do it then? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be much tougher pill to swallow. So you have to prepare for the winter. Mm. You have to prepare for those those times that are bad. And the other thing too that I'll mention, this is very, very important, is one thing that I don't know is talked about enough in marketing circles and content, but habit. Habit is very, very important. So for example, Tony, you and I do this show habitually, you know, mm. every week. For us, like some shows, we prepare half an hour before. Yep. You know what I mean? Some shows Guilty. like, do you know what I mean? We're not because the thing is, it's so habitual to us. Now, the first time we did it, no, we had to spend half a day. We had to prepare, yep. but it's a muscle now. So the muscle and the, the habit of content is as important as investing in the content. And if you don't do it when times are good, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder when times are bad. Interesting points. So, yeah, that's um good. You know, as we see, um you know, like, you know, as Experts are saying, you know, we're going 
through a world recession, a winter times. So some of these key points that you mentioned, you know, are very, very good tips. And that wraps it up for um, our featured buzz. Now for our favorite segment, Can We Fix It? And UWS TikTok ads and landing page review. So uh, today we're going to look at the Western Sydney University um, ad on TikTok. Uh, Moby grabbed it for us. And also we're going to look at the uh, landing pages and a few other, you know, compared to landing pages. So that'll be... Um, yeah, so I'm in my laptop here so you can see it, Tony. And again, if you guys want to see this, you want to see our lovely faces and my haircut and our haircuts, I, sh- I switch, uh, should say, go to redpandas.com.au forward slash EP20. But let's kick it off and let's watch the ad. So we're going to dissect the ad today and the landing page as well. All right, it replays. Okay, so for those of you listening in your cars, it is a TikTok ad and it's a bunch of uh, very diverse people. Yeah. There's a there's an Asian there. There's a... Uh, Muslim hijabi there, white woman, white guy. Yeah, it's relatable to me. Relatable. I feel okay. Cool. Tick the box there. Okay. Very, very nice ad. <laughs> uh, and then it ends with a lead ad, right? A lead ad and ends with a form afterwards. Your thoughts, Tony? Again, so this is an ad for an open day too. This is a university open day. Get people to the open yeah. day. Your thoughts? Um, it's a bit short. Typical uh, TikTok ad. Uh, I think it's a bit. Uh, it's good. You know, like you said, maybe I like it. It's relatable. You know, there's different models. Um, it's very fast, and you know, there's background music. But um, I think they could add a little bit more to it, just for my uh, little you know review. Um, what what else is there? Also, yeah, like it was just a short TikTok ad. So this is the thing, right? When Whenever we do any marketing initiative or strategy at Red Pandas, I always sort of say to our, you know, DMCs, our digital marketing consultants and our clients, I ask three questions, right? So what's the objective? So the objective here, simple, get people to the open day, right? Who's it for and what do they give a shit about? Students and they care about, am I going to get a job? What's going to be on offer? What programs? Is it relatable to me? How am I going to get there? That type of thing. And the third thing, third question is, what needs to be true for the objective to hit? So social proof. I want to see that people like me applying to this. I want to see a program. I want to see how I'm going to get there. So keep that in mind, right? And we're going to dissect this and go back to it. This ad, the first thing, so I actually went to university. I still call it UWS, University of Western Sydney. They've changed their logo to look like Hogwarts now, and it's Western Sydney University. Cool. Love it. Respect it, right? But in my heart, it's always UWS. So forgive me, Western Sydney Uni. You know, that's my alumni. Um, so it first caught my eye because I went there. Now, the first thing is it's just a bunch of really nice, attractive young people. It doesn't tell me, like I'm a marketing student, right? I did marketing. I did a master's marketing at UWS as well. If I'm in medicine, into medicine or criminology or something else, like the first thing is, is it relatable to me, right? You can't just assume because this is a TikTok ad, right? This is a TikTok ad. So it's not like that this person's coming through a different channel or came through their high school or went to the website. You're pushing them from an ad to a lead form. Remember that. Mm. And you're not telling them what's on scope or what's on offer. 
I'd rather they actually go into, you know, they have their music. They have that nice mm. pumpy music and it's like criminology, marketing, law, business, you know? Are you interested? Are you, you know, interested in, in a career? Mm. Head to our open day, fill out the form, information will be sent. Interesting. So that's that. It's not relatable in terms of the only thing that's relatable is a bunch of young people. But also there's also mature age students as well. So with your targeting, you will target different people, different age groups. And I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm you know, so sorry to say I'm not a young chicken anymore. So <laughs> I should have got some older people, professional people or people in professional careers. Instead, I got, you know, people that make me feel old and remind yeah. me that I'm older now. <laughs> so that's that. So let's look at the landing pages, right? Now, I, what actually happens is when you fill out the form. So this was interesting too. I didn't understand this, why they did this. But when you fill out this form, it actually sends, it has a link and it asks you to go to another page. Mm. Now, that page is this page we're looking at now, right? That Tony and I are looking at. And up top, it's got open day, it's got the date, it's got the time. Cool. Great. Basics. Then it's got a form on the right-hand side and it's got win one of three 1,000 e-gift vouchers. Does that work? Man, this stuff doesn't work. Mm. Like when I was younger and they used to give away iPads a lot. Right, okay. it's like oh, you know, win an iPad. So win one of three one thousand e-gift vouchers. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people that rock up to these things. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's not a hook. That's not it's when not I went over. What is it for? So what's your objective? Who's it for? And what do they give a shit about? And uh, what needs to be true? It doesn't hit any of that criteria. It's not a strong offer, unless in, you did a survey and they said, yeah, I would love to win a thousand e-gift voucher. So it's not 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 a really strong offer, right? Um, there's a lot of white space here. So, big faux pas on the UX section here. A lot of white space, a lot of negative space. You can't even tell there's more on the page. Then it goes into other elements. Now, we're actually going to go and share other examples as well because I want to look at what the other universities are doing. Um, some really nice USPs. Okay. The problem is a couple of things. Like, there's too much to do. Usually, mm. when you have an objective... You have one objective and all roads lead to that one objective. You might have different buttons and different texts, but all the buttons lead to the same thing. So we've got here the college, postgraduate, undergraduate, uh, a, a lot of kind of things that are happening. Now, sure, maybe I understand because it's university, right? They do have this call to action, apply to Western and how to apply. Okay, all right, forgivable. But maybe have that open in another tab and understate that mm. because it's not more is more. You know, it's more is more is less. Like the more you put on there, the less you're actually, less is actually more with landing pages. So I'm going to go through this really quickly. Then I've got this one. I'm looking at UTS. Now, again, same thing here. This is just a page on their website. It's not a landing page or a squeeze page because it's got the rest of their website navigation here, right? A lot of distraction elements. Uh, open day, there's a call to action there, register. I like that. Their call to actions are more stronger and prominent and more numerous than uh, Western Sydney, but then they've got program coming soon. This is a thing that's happening in a month away, right? You still don't have the program there. Ooh. That has got to be the number one thing a student or the number two. Is it for me? And what's the program? Mm. That's got to be there. So these guys also kind of fail on that. Uh, FAQs, that's cool. That's cool. I actually like how the fact that it's open day FAQs, not random FAQs. It opens in a new window, um, passable. Getting to the campus, I do like that. They have a career quiz. 
But this has got nothing to do with the open day. Interesting. This is just a generic quiz that they have, which is a very, I'm not going to do it now. It's a very, very nice quiz around what are you interested in? Mm. And it's actually one of the better ones I've seen in the industry, but it's not related to this. So it's, it's confusing. A it's a distraction element, yeah. a distraction element that takes you away from your primary purpose. So I would also give these guys like a four out of 10, if I'm honest. And then this too, win one of two university starter packs. There's a photo of an AirPod, a bag, a snow globe with a Jenga thing inside of the snow globe. Really like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like guys, it's not, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. You're not hitting those factors we spoke about. So Western Sydney, I might as well score them. Four out of 10. Uh, UTS, four out of 10 as well. Now this one here, what is this? This is Southern Cross University. Now, the thing I like about this one, I'll just mute it. They have a really nice video of some students, very relatable, right? The first one out of our examples. Uh, a bunch of young kids too. You shouldn't necessarily assume, but I understand if that's the 80-20 yeah. rule, 80% of their enrollments are going to come. Not a problem. Don't, not a problem at all. So very relatable. They're talking about what they're going to do and what you can expect. I like that. But the biggest problem I have with this, and just because of time, I'm going to talk about the problems, is there is only one call to action for the open day. We know the objective of this page is open day. Welcome mm. to open day, on demand, and also live. We know what the objective is. This call to action up top is apply now, right? That's applied to, to go to the university. There is a register for a campus tour, which is different because you asked me you're like, oh, it's related. No, no, it's actually different. Campus tour is different. On demand videos, very interesting, but I'd prefer to keep them on the page or open in a new tab. Live panel sessions, it's also different. It's just going to an events page. Apply now. The only call to action for this bloody open day is here on the right-hand side. This little what register thing on Hidden. the right-hand side. There. You know what I mean? So this as well, for that reason, I, I probably will also give them a 4 out of 10 because of that. Because the primary call to action is to go to the open day. And you guys have hidden it. You've made it hard, right? Now, the, la the last one or one of the last ones I'll look at. Now, this is one of the better ones, actually. They also have a video. They've got a background video where, again, for our listeners, you see students, like some kids are playing, some kids are asking questions, you know, like it looks fun. There's a DJ. It looks like a lot of fun. It's very immersive yeah. and it gives you an idea of what you can expect. All very passively. You know, you don't have to click on anything. I like that, right? Now, they don't have a program, program and it's a little bit texty. A lot of text there. Texty is the word I made up, you know. It's not very sexy. It's yeah. very texty. Um, but the information is there. There is information there, you know, like open day, scholarships. We talk about accommodation, study options. So, there is more information there. Um, again, win your chance to win. I don't know what happened. Everyone's operating at the same playbook. Just like win something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. All right, fine. That's uh, forgivable, right? Acknowledgement of country, sure, important, love that stuff. What I really like about this is they say make a weekend out of the open day. Now, Western uh, Wollongong is a city for any international li listeners. It's far away from Sydney. It's yeah. far. It's a couple of hours to get there. These guys, they're actually saying like, would they recognize that people travel into, not into, well, maybe interstate, but they travel far to get there. Mm. So like make a weekend out of it. Here's a link to visit Wollongong, right? And I hope it opens up in a new window. It doesn't. So, but that's okay, right? Six out of 10 because the call to actions are plentiful. There's plenty of call to actions. It's immersive and there's a little bit of information. Six out of 10. Still, no wow. one really hits, you yeah. know. Now, the only one in my example, and I hate to say this, 
that actually has the program is University of Sydney. And I say that because when I was younger, my friends who were at University of Sydney and the Western Sydney people, like it was like a snobby thing. It was like a kind of like a, oh, oh you guys are Sydney, you guys are the peasants. Like, it was really? kind of like a, a division. <laughs> it was like a playful type of thing, right? So it pains me to say this, but you said you guys have got it right. Like, but the only thing, the best thing that they do is the program. So when I click on the program, they actually have accommodation tours at nine o'clock, uh, more accommodation tours, admissions, architecture and design plan course advice. Uh, arts and sciences advice, audition advice. So there is a whole program here, right? Just because they're young, don't think they've got time on their hands. They're going to spend a whole day, open day, nine to five or nine to three. You know what I mean? Like give them some information so they can plan their day. But that's the only thing that UCID does well. Mm. They have a form which is there, which I kind of like. So I probably would give them five out of 10 just because they've got the program and they they have the form embedded. So in short, I think like when we kind of go back to, you know, what you've got to do is again, what's our objective? We want to get people to the open day, right? Mm. Understood. What, who's the persona? What do they give a shit about? Yeah. Right. What, is it relatable to me? Is my qualification or industry I'm interested in? Is it going to be there? How do I get there? You know, like what do they actually care about? And, you know, you should know because you should have these persona profiles. Mm. And thirdly, what needs to be true for this to happen? We spoke about that before. Interesting. So no one really smashes it, but there's bits and bobs that I think would actually, you know, do a really good job. Interesting. Cool. That's a good review, Mopes. Thanks for that. And that wraps it up for uh, this week's episode uh, 120 Inbound Buzz podcast. My name is Tony Cow. Um, See you next week. Thanks, guys. I know it was a longer one today, but I appreciate it. We'll see you again for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.